Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Over the last few months, we've talked a lot about public art. Very subjective, love it or hate it. We're thankful that City Council is taking a very close look at the public art policy. But I just wanted to spend a little bit of time this afternoon to have the broader conversation about art, especially when it comes to art, and and maybe this touches on drones, new technology and how we're going to be able to marry those two. Dr. Patrick Finn, Associate Professor in the School of Creative and Performing Arts, Computational Media Design at the University of Calgary joins us today. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Angela. We have talked about art in the past, and it seems the public art policy is just as contentious as ever, isn't it? It is. I mean, that's the nature of public art, I think. Well, it gets us talking. It gets us engaged. But even when we talk about art in our country, that's a broad conversation, because how do we define art, Patrick? Well, I think that's the the trick, right? It's a complicated uh, complicated topic, and a lot of people have different views on it. So we tend to think it's it's something that is driven primarily by creativity. So we all want a little bit of creativity. With art, you're looking at it's the primary engine. Yeah, and and really creativity. I know some people can say, oh my gosh, creativity, but that's what is at the root of new businesses, new technology. You have to have some creative spark. Absolutely, and there's a ton of research now on the fact that creativity is is the real uh, sort of the central thing that can help us transform business and economies, cities, etc. And so uh, a lot of people are paying attention to it. And I also think whenever we have the conversation about the future of artificial intelligence, what jobs are going to be replaced, I think it's going to be hard to have AI creating really great art. Yeah, I mean, I think within within sort of the creative industries, so people that are working creatively, those are the ones that are the safest types of jobs uh, because of the, the human element to yeah. that. Creative Canada, this was announced, I think, last fall. What is Creative Canada? Well, so it's the new approach to arts in our country. So the public art debate, that's something that is run by a, a, a group inside of City Hall. But the rest of the country, we have... Art and Heritage, Art and Culture, is run by the Canada Council for the Arts and Canadian Heritage, the organization that is up above that. And it came from a desire in Canada, a recognition in Canada, that because we're so close to the U.S. and because we had such historical ties with England and France, if we didn't have a little bit of support for culture in our country, we wouldn't have any kind of Canadian art or access to um, a Canadian voice. So that was put together in the middle of the last century, and it hasn't been updated since. And it badly needed updating, and this recent update is what's called Creative Canada. And uh, to be honest, I think it's it's terrific. It's it's a lot better than we even expected. How would you define Creative Canada then? Well, so Creative Canada is basically an update to what that policy was. So back then, uh, there was a variety of support put in place for broadcasting and for different uh, types of art and for artists and how they would work. Well, now we live in the digital age. So regardless of whether you're a dancer, a painter, or a game designer, uh, we all live in the digital age. So how do artists survive? You know, uh, music streaming has changed the way musicians work, and how does a writer get their work out there? So we really needed that type of an update, and Creative Canada has programs in there to help all artists work in this world, as well as now new programs that give access for artists who primarily are digital artists. 
uh, as I take a break here, Patrick, I know I'm probably going to get some listeners saying, wait, why, why do we have to pay artists to create work? I want you to tackle that after this. It's 337. Talking about Canada's cultural scene, Creative Canada was announced uh, in September, but that whole idea of how we have to encourage the arts and culture in our country. Patrick Finn is my guest, Associate Professor in the School of Creative and Performing Arts, Computational Media Design in the University of Calgary. Patrick, I've given you some time to think about that question. The whole criticism, whenever it comes to supporting or sponsoring the arts, invariably you'll get some taxpayers saying, why do we have to give artists money? Well, and I think that's fair. Um, what I would say is that there's never been a successful society in history that hasn't had art. Art is something that drives innovation and fresh thinking and builds communities. So there isn't really an argument about whether art is good for a society. It's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. I think that people tend to ask, are we using the money wisely? And I think that's important. Um, and I think the, the thing to note is that in Canada, artists don't have a choice. If they begin their career in the arts, um, our system is such that they have to go into this uh, granting system in order to have access to any of the major galleries or any of that. And that was because our, our society decided that we were going to ha- involve the government in this because Canada is a small population right next to the loudest um, media and cultural producer in the world um, and founded by two other very uh, strong voices, England and France. And so if we didn't do something for our voice, uh, Canadian art, uh, Canadian artists, that we simply wouldn't be able to be heard over all of the noise. Yeah. And, and you know, and it goes back to my original comment about art. It's a broad topic because art covers so many things. I think sometimes people think art is just a painting on a wall, but it is the the film productions, the performances that maybe dance studios create. So I think that's sometimes the hard sales job is just to be able to define what art is and what Canadian culture and art is. Right. And I think I I, I like the fact that you make that point. It's if we look at, for example, games, so computer games, we're looking at one of the largest and fastest growing industries in the world. And so that's art. Uh, those are artists that are using the contemporary art tools that are there, but within those companies, and then, say, within animation like Pixar that everybody loves, those are traditional artists in there working alongside programmers and designers, etc. It's all artwork there. Yeah. And so these artists, they are the ones that are coming up with new discoveries that then get used inside of businesses and inside of uh, governments, etc. So there's a, a major contribution that is made there. And so things like, you know, the tragically hip, we don't have them if we didn't have support for art and artists inside of our country. Uh, it's just, a, in a sense, it's, it's part of the benefit of being Canadian that we have a, a, a massive country with a lot of magnificent land, but it's hard for us to communicate uh, to one another and to the world because we're so spread out over such a large area. Do you think even the tragically hip would have benefited from some federal funds? Oh, well, they, so I came up as a musician, and no, when you're working on that circuit, you're making your money in the bars, yeah. but where they benefit is in the support for recording, the support for Canadian content uh, on radio, those types of things. Yeah. And so there are different supports in place for different types of industry. Film is treated in a different way, say, than dance. 
but there, there is stuff there to try and make sure that if you want to work as an artist in the country, that there is a path for you. And, and it's important to point out, too, that so if you think of something like Cirque du Soleil that everybody knows, so they started, they're funded by Canada Council, and they help to develop, and then they transition out of that. They don't receive money anymore. They're, a, they're the most successful performance group in the world, in, in history. Uh, and it's a massive and very successful business. Um, and so that, people develop out of that and find other streams. And the new, this Creative Canada, uh, has gone a long way, actually, to help artists find ways to move out into the private sector if they wish to, or to be able to have a foot in each if that is, is better for their work. And I love it. So then they're launched. Sorry, pardon me? They're launched then. You know, here exactly. we're going to give you a exactly. foot, a help up, and then exactly. you can, we can launch you. You know, go. I love it when you, let's say anyone who travels, you visit some European country and you look at incredible statues or incredible artwork. And usually you find out that it was the royalty of the day or the leader of the day who commissioned that art. So this is in a way, our way of saying we want to commission, we want to support our culture so that people visiting Canada can say, wow, that's what Canada is all about. Yeah, and we've had great success. I mean, if you if you notice, you know, you take a look at, at Hollywood, which is the most competitive market you're going to get for that art, uh, that sort of area of the art world. Canadians do very well. Canadians do very well in the music scene. Canadians do very well in dance, in theater, we uh, in writing. Um, so our artists are known around the world. And all we're doing is saying that in order to get to that place where they can compete fairly with uh, people around the world, we have to support them somehow within the country. Uh, part of it is that if I'm a, if I'm a writer in Halifax, um, how do we make sure that somebody in Vancouver gets to have access to that? If we're in a small country, it's easy. Uh, but there's a great distance that's there. And so the government thought, well, we're going to need to do something to support uh, people being able to speak to one another and all Canadians having a right to have access to, to the material that we're creating. Um, and, and then to sort of help make sure that there is a Canadian voice, because if you were just off on your own and trying to express yourself as an artist, given that we're right next to the United States, we would be drowned out. And so I think it's been, it's been very effective overall. Do you think the Internet and technology has helped or hurt our voice, our cultural and art voice? Well, this is, to me, is the biggest part of the story. So the change into digital is the, the biggest change that any of us will ever experience. And most groups are having a very hard time getting up to, uh, up to speed. They're having a hard time addressing it because it's such a major change. And Creative Canada has gone a long way to, towards addressing that. And so that's why I think it's just, it's so impressive. I was stunned that the government did something so forward thinking. And in fact, they're having to do a lot of explaining to people, but artists are going to be incredibly well served by this. And I think we're, we're set up so that Canada will actually be able to be a leading voice because we've been so forward thinking with this particular policy, because everything has changed. Business models have changed. Publishing models have changed. Yeah. How you share uh, work has changed. And the other component of it is that you know, we can say, well, it's easy to get your stuff out there because of YouTube. But the thing about everybody being able to put stuff on YouTube is that that gets you more bad work. It doesn't necessarily get you more good work. And so you've got to find a way where you can get people the time they need if they're going to become a master. You know, Glenn Gould, the famous Canadian pianist, is known around the world. Uh, there's no way you're going to get somebody of that caliber if they're trying to just break through YouTube. They have, they're going to have to have time and support to become master level. And so just like in sport, it's great if everybody plays hockey. It's good for all of us. Um, but you're going to want some people at the very pinnacle that, that then feed and nourish that food chain. I wonder if, though, technology then can drown out our cultural voice. 
Well, it, it potentially could, and I think that's why Creative Canada was so smart in making sure that it addressed just that, and it has really looked at the way culture is going to be addressed. And the, the recent developments with the TPP, there was some great news on that around copyright and intellectual property, because that's an area that the U.S. is really difficult to negotiate with. They're, they're quite uh, powerful, and they're quite restrictive. And the, when they dropped out of that, we were able to rework the way that that's going to be looked at. And so Creative Canada is also uh, looking at copyright, and that's also incredibly good news for us. We're, like, long term, this is going to be just exceptional for artists and for Canadians. I, I like your optimism. I don't know if I share it, though, Patrick. I'm just worried that, you know, let's let's throw out Netflix there. And uh, the fact that when you look at, okay, how much Canadian content is truly on Netflix? How am I identifying with Canada when I watch Netflix? I have a hard time identifying with Canada. Well, I think that the, that, that new deal is that it's going to have to increase Canadian content. And so what I would argue is with, with Canadian artists is that as long as we're allowed to compete fairly, we can compete with anyone. And so everyone was already watching a lot of Netflix. Um, and so Netflix was already part of the conversation. We can say, boy, if it wasn't around, that would be a good thing. But it's here. Yeah. And so this engages with that and says what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make shows in Canada so it employs our artists and our skilled technicians, and you're going to have to have Canadian stories told that Canadians can access, and so it's got that baked right into it. So again, I thought that that was a terrific deal and a, and a great approach. I mean, is it tough to deal with Netflix? Is it tough to deal with YouTube? Yes. But if we just leave it alone, if we didn't do anything, I think that we would lose the battle before we ever knew we were in a fight. And this actually sets us up to, uh, to, to really, I think, be ahead of most countries, because it's established us in the 21st century, as opposed to most people that are still wondering, how are we going to deal with this? And you're talking about that Netflix announcement a couple of months back where they're going to put, uh, was it $500,000 or something into Canadian content? And I'm not sure over what period of time. Is that the, the deal you're talking about? Yeah, $500 million. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of difference, Ange. Thanks. There's a lot of information there. And so, I mean, let me bring it home to Alberta. We are, we are incredibly well positioned to be digital leaders. We've got the SuperNet, which is this high speed. Uh, link-up system throughout our province to every, you know, small communities, everything is already there. So we're ahead of the game on that. We've got information pipelines alongside our other energy pipelines. And we've got um, an incredible game development uh, community in Edmonton. It's one of the strongest centers in the country. Uh, we've got great digital film and digital music happening in Calgary. And so if we began to collaborate and then use some of this Creative Canada uh, connection, I think that we, become, we could become world leaders very quickly. Patrick, thanks for this. Thank you. Patrick Finn, he is Associate Professor in the School of Creative and Performing Arts, Computational Media Design at the University of Calgary.